Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, I'm Lucy Porter. I'm Jenny Wright. And we present the podcast Fingers on Buzzers, all about quizzing. But today we're here to talk about... Drunk women solving crime. The tipsy ladies investigating misdemeanours, as I call it. Yes, drunk women solving crime, which we love. I've been on it. You're going to be on it. Yes, and I'm excited. Uh, it's wonderful. And you are lucky enough to be able to go and see it live. On the 24th of February, you will be able to see them at the Pleasance Theatre. How lovely. It is. It's just a short step from the Caledonian Road Tube. And then the drunk women will be celebrating International Women's Day. Good for them. International Women's Day. On the 8th of March. It's the 8th of March. The Volts Festival. Yes. But now, Jenny, crack open a drink, would you? What should we have today? Prosecco? Meths? What's, uh, <laughs> what's on the table? Buckfast. Oh, a lovely Buckfast. <laughs> Made by monks. Thank you, monks. Lovely. Right. So let's get into another episode of Inebriated Lasses. No, it's Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I have two modes, twat and reading. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you are right to refill my glass at the mention of <laughs> New Kids on the Block. And that is a golden year. Yeah. Diana dies. That, not a great thing, but Diana dies. <laughs> Would you like a look at my penis? <laughs> <laughs> Very long nickname. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Joining us this week is the fantastic comedian Jessica Fosterkey. Hey. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. Hey, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Good. I hope I didn't sound sarcastic then. <laughs> I'm genuinely excited. In the, in the same way that I am, there's only a few things where I can get really excited about them, even though I know I'm really shit at them. Oh, um, what are those things? Dancing. Dancing for yeah. me Love too. making. <laughs> no. Well, who knows? You know, I don't know. Um, uh, bowling. Oh, yeah. Darts. Ha. Ah. Solving crime. Okay. What a day that wow. would be. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. What a bloody day. You have come to the right place. Great. Um, and if you don't feel that you're good, very similar to dancing, just keep drinking. Yeah. It's all going to be fine. Uh, so if you could kick us off and tell us, have you ever been the victim of a crime? So um, I have, but I think um, the story, I've, I've been thinking about this. Um, I love this podcast and I love mm-hmm. this question, um, but I don't have any that are like, it aren't either sad or <laughs> sad stories although or that they're going to be like she, she's a bit of a hero i i think oh. the most interesting story yeah oh so i'd like shall we just do an hour on this yeah. um, <laughs> i um, <laughs> um the one i the one i think's the best story is this so um but it's dubious to, as to where the crime it was okay. I I think I had the potential to do a theft. I definitely had the potential to do a theft. Okay, cool. so I um, used to work as a zombie and various other fictional historical characters in a tourist attraction in London Bridge for uh-huh. years. Um, <laughs> not the famous one, actually. Oh. Yeah, no. Um, it it, <laughs> it was really bad money for long hours, but then you, it's hard to call it work because you were dressing up as <laughs> historical keeper of the heads and stuff like that. Anyway, and, and the undead and jumping out at tourists. Anyway, you, we only got half an hour's break. Uh, for lunch um, so it was always like a real rush yeah. to get something to eat if you hadn't brought something in um, and I needed to get some money out to get something from um, the markets around there for lunch and I stood in this really long bloody queue for the cash point wow. uh, at London Bridge and um, the man in front of me was there for absolutely ages mm. like weirdly ages <laughs> and then he walked off and I went up and then a tenor came out and so it's like this Happy in birthday, it, yeah do you know what I mean like it's a real moral dilemma and I was like, I'll just wait for it to suck it back in. I've always just assumed it will eventually suck it oh, back in and then right. I can put my card in and then I can go. And I'm standing there and this queue's behind me, massive and really aggro. And it's that one of those cash points that's in the middle of a busy pavement yeah. and the people that are queuing are having to wait on the other side of the pavement so they're having oh, to crane yeah. to look over and see what's happening. And so I'm standing stressful. there for what felt like a lifetime. So in the end, I took the tenor yeah. and then it reset and I was able to put my card in and get my money out. And anyway, um, I was like, what should I do? I, I can't take it back to the bank now. I've run out of time. Yeah. Um, so I went back to work. I went out that night. I spent that right. ten pounds on gin and tonic. I think I think specifically remember it being a couple <laughs> of gin and tonics, and it was gone. And then the next day, I was back at work and I had the half hour break again. And yeah. I was like, oh, "What to do? Like, what to do? This is really tricky. Do I have steal that? Was there a camera on there? Like, this is I really couldn't work it out. And I just uh, everyone I spoke to, all the other actors there and yeah. stuff, were like, "You're." 
just keep it. Like yeah. they, someone described it as silly tax. Like if he's going to walk away, yeah. da, da, da. and I was, I just, something didn't quite sit right about yeah. it. So I spent my entire break and ended up being late getting back yeah. because I had to go back to the cash point, get another tenor of what felt like my money oh, yeah. out to take it into the branch of the bank. Wow. Um, oh, cause so there was a slip that had come out with his tenor. Oh, okay. So I took my tenor technically oh, his tenor with the slip, the slip into the okay. bank um and they said look unfortunately um i mean once you've handed it over it's gone but they said unfortunately um he doesn't bank with us we will be able to get the money Whoa. back into his account but it will be quite a long process wow and whether he'll even notice that that's happened yeah. we can put a note giving your name and number if he wants to reward you but <laughs> it's, it, he, he said the guy in the bank basically said look thanks so much um but you you really needn't have yeah. done that there's absolutely no way that he'll get back to you no one ever does no and it's likely that he won't even notice it being no, reimbursed and it might not have even place. come out of his account in oh, which case wow. the bank just keep it obviously because it was the bank's accident so someone else had gin and tonic that oh, night oh do you know what I mean so I went back to work and everyone was like you mug and I felt like such a mug and I was crying oh. I was, felt so stupid but wait I went out <laughs> and, wait, I smoked then this was in the autumn and I went out on a cigarette break out the back door yeah. in this courtyard down in the sort of around the back of Southwark Cathedral and one of the back doors of yeah. the Of this tourist attraction, and there was a restaurant there that had finished its lunch and everything, and there were all crunchy leaves on the floor. And I I swear this happened. I was out there miserable, totally gutted, and I trod on what felt like crunchy leaves. And I looked down, and there was fifty quid cash (gasps) under my foot. Under my foot, karma, actual like live karma happened. It was the most boggling kind of thank you for at least trying to do the right thing (laughs) that I've ever, ever, ever had. And that's the best opportunity I've ever had to do a sneaky little good. So then, did you keep the fifty quid? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing about that is that's probably someone's paid for their dinner in cash at this restaurant at lunchtime. It's blown off. So, I mean, I, so, you so know, it wasn't this, like a 50 pound note, it was like no, it was two, a, it 20s was, and a 10. Exactly. Ooh. And there was a bill attached with the but name it was of the restaurant. A, it was in a pile of leaves. <laughs> like it was... Wow. That's amazing. Because I, I was going to say, I bet you will get good karma someday, Jess, but then the story... I got it that <laughs> went, day. Went there. Yeah. yeah. Karma knew how impatient I am. Also, that alley sounds like a good place to look for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every windy day. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember when I was a kid, I, um, I found, like, I got out of my dad's car and I found 200, wad of 200 pounds in the oh street. Oh, my this God. This is in the 90s in Ventnor <gasps> on the Isle of Wight. Ooh. And I was like... Oh my god, Dad! Look what I've just... And my dad like immediately just went, "Oh, that's mine." <gasps> and I was such a mug. I was like, um, "Oh, okay." And I gave it to him. <gasps> and was it his? I, I'm gonna ask him. Yeah. <laughs> In front of um, everyone. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'm gonna get it back with interest. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> so always do the right thing. I think is what we've learned. Wow. Yeah, like, do you know what? This my version of this story is so much more boring than these awesome stories. Um, I on holiday to I went on to Bournemouth on holiday with like my friends after my GCSEs when I was sixteen, and we all three of us found a twenty pound note just in front of us in the street, and um, I see the dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, like, 
like it was just there, and they and we so we we they picked oh, it up. In my head, you found one each. No, and I was like, mm, somebody's luring you into it. <laughs> and then a fish hook went into my mouth. And it is and hard to divide twenty by three though. So yeah. I, well, no. So I I, I was the like the goody goody that was like we should hand that into a police station because like somebody's lost that, and they were like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a tenner each, and I was like, I didn't want. <gasps> oh, I didn't want McDonald's anyway. Oh, <laughs> you didn't want the dirty money. Yeah, oh. I like. I really felt bizarrely strongly about it, and yeah. I wasn't um like a moral person. I don't know where the hell that came from. I mean, I was a moral. <laughs> I mean, like, I wasn't like. I didn't feel particularly holier than thou in my yeah. daily life. But also, it's just that. What would you have done with it? I know people who yeah. handed cash to police to, to yeah. police, and they've just been laughed at. Yeah. Because there's nothing they can do. There's no, like... Yeah. The, the police stations don't have, like, a tin for cash. No. And then people come to my, in come and collect. Go, oh, that's yours. Oh, I dropped my cash. Um, oh, you come to the right place. It was a sort of, like, See, um, I feel like a purpley, whitey colour. Yeah. <laughs> it's oblong. Quite bendy. My idea of a police station is, like, there's a big vault full of money and there's a big <laughs> vault full of drugs and someday we're just all going to We're gonna all going to go and live there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but that was an awesome crime. I really like that we've started the podcast with some karma. Yeah, nice, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Here's to karma. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Our story starts when a member of a band decides to sue their manager. Ooh. Um, why do you think that someone in a band might sue their manager? Because uh, stealing, yeah, stealing from the funds from the funds of the band. Any advance on that? Um, I guess maybe stealing some of their intellectual property, maybe some songs, okay. yeah, or some stuff. I don't know. When I guys, when I was in bands, I was uh, <laughs> a teenager, and we didn't have uh, any managers, so I don't really know what that relationship's like. Okay, yeah. uh, but I know if anyone stole any of. Amnesty's songs. Amnesty. And my little God. brother had a band called Massacre. <laughs> just oh. different, different horses. Like, Yin and Yang. <laughs> Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. Different direction. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music did Amnesty play? Kind of like Scar, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I love white Scar. I really want to hear your band. And my other band was called Vina Carver, guys. Let's not forget <laughs> Vina Carver. Um, anyway, I'm big into this crime because I want to, you know, okay, find yeah. out what happened. Right, what year do we think this is? Ooh. Ooh. There are managers and there are bands. 81. Nice guess. Any advance on this? Suing a manager... I mean, all sorts of stuff went on before people knew the about The 80s suing. feels quite suey, though. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Suey. 1972. Okay. Hannah George? I'd go... I want it to be a 90s crime, because I think that would be a bit of fun, but I'm not sure that we'd do that. But I feel like that was my kind of era for bands and pop. So what's your guess? That was when 19... Amnesty really peaked. Oh, mate. 1999. <laughs> Amnesty really brought in the millennium. <laughs> Who's Robbie Williams? <laughs> um, so what's your guess? 99? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that case, you are the closest. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, the year is 1997. <gasps> modern crime, is, Katie Wilkins. I know. Yes. I think it's the most modern one we've ever had I so love far. 97. That is a golden year. Yeah. Diana dies. That, not a great thing, but Diana yeah. dies. 
I didn't mean that as golden. I mean like in lead terms of it. always lead Tony Blair it. comes in, like it's a big year, ninety seven. And now this yeah. it's good and I bad. won um, Best Actress in the Dorset Drama League and Hello as a uh, dragon in a fat suit that I didn't need at the time. And um, also uh talking of bloody crimes of ninety seven, yeah. I even though I was the lead in the play, a dragon comes to dinner. <laughs> Oh, that was I the wrong was, time to take a drink. <laughs> I <laughs> was... Um, that we got that information after knowing that you were dressed in a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds so mean. A dragon comes to dinner. A dragon's come. A dragon comes to dinner. Amazing. I was the lead role of dragon. Uh, I was told I wasn't allowed to sing any of my solo songs what? because... It was putting the other children off. <laughs> oh my god! I had to lip sync throughout the entire play. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to sing in the choir for the same reason. <gasps> Wait, but I we have a mime. Okay. Have we ascertained is this because you can't sing? Or is... oh, I'm pretty bad. At <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just too good. The other children would oh, be like, oh, imagine that's so kind. You're so kind. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they were so jealous. <laughs> No, it's the tune. It's so it's the, it was the inability to uh, meet the tune. Oh, halfway. that's the same to here. Yeah. I've never met someone with the same affliction as me before. <laughs> it's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I still sing. Daily. Yeah. Do you know what, right? Rich Rich swears that he didn't hear me sing until after we were married and he still says that I tricked him. If he'd heard me sing, yeah, he wouldn't have married voice. me. <gasps> what do we think this band is called? 97. Mm-hmm. American band? British band. Oh, we don't know. German band. Swiss band. Oh, I hope, it's a, I hope okay, it's a Swiss all right, band. I'll give you a clue. It's, Spice Girls. It's American band. Oh. Um, Stars and Stripes. Green Day. It's the Backstreet Boys. Whoa. Oh, what? Yeah. Back in the 90s, everyone knew AJ, Howie, Nick, Kevin and Brian of the Backstreet Boys as that boy band who wanted it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> they enjoyed. That was the beauty of it, really, wasn't it? It could have meant anything. It could be whatever you wanted it to mean. I want it that way. No, that way. No, I meant that way. Obviously, that way. Yeah. Um, they enjoyed a meteoric rise to fame, loads of Grammys, and platinum album sales. But there was trouble in paradise. Um, does anyone know the name of their manager? I feel like I, I, yeah, I, I do know this story. I, Mustin yeah. mm. Bimberlake. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, it was Lou Pearlman. <gasps> That's such a band was manager not. name, Lou Pearlman. Right. <laughs> um, Lou Pearlman is both the man credited with starting the boy band revolution and one of America's most notorious white collar criminals. But <gasps> which is worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Solid. <laughs> so, Lou Palmont was eventually given a 25-year sentence for running a $300 million Ponzi scheme, and he died in prison in 2016. Wow. Hence, right. I'm allowed to talk about it. But who really is the man who stole the fortune of the Backstreet Boys and many, many more fortunes besides? And how did it come to this? Justin. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know. But let's look at some facts and try to make some drunken deductions just like the real cops do. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, stop improvising. <laughs> I know. It's so, I have two modes, twat and reading. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, I love the fact we're doing a Backstreet Boys crime. This is incredible. This is amazing. Yeah, this is very exciting. This better have happened cool. in a Backstreet. <gasps> Just for the extra drama. Um, right. 
Perlman was born in 1954, raised in a place called Flushing, New York. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, he's the only child of oh, Jewish yeah. parents. Fun fact. Lou Perlman was the first cousin of a famous musician. Would you like to guess who his famous relative is? Tom Waits. Good guess. Ooh. Bowie. Good guess. Um, I don't really... Um, I, I don't musician? know very much about music. Michael Jackson. Excellent guess. Um, it's Art Garfunkel. Oh, so Ooh. close. Um, Lou Perlman's home was very near Flushing Airport, where he and childhood friend Alan Gross would watch blimps take off and land. He was a super big fan of the blimps, guys. Um, <laughs> he's just a blimp guy. He he's seriously not even a band. He's a blimp guy. According to his autobiography, which he titled Bands, Brands and Billions, uh, it was during this period that he used his position on his school newspaper... Two earn credentials and get his first ride in a blimp. This <laughs> <laughs> just sets a pattern. This uh, this is actually disputed by Gross, the childhood friend, who claims that he was the school reporter and he allowed Perlman to tag along. Oh, um, which again sets a pattern. Um, either way, big fan of blimps. Um, <laughs> you might say he went on to blimp too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so, yes, that's a correct reaction. Um, you gotta, gotta put them in. You don't know what's gonna work. Um, right. You must have known. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you're right, you're right. It's no excuse. Um, little Lou Perlman grows up. He enters the world of work. His cousin Garfunkel's fame and wealth helped fire Perlman's interest in music. As a teenager, he managed a band, but when success proved elusive, he turned his attention to another business. What other business did he turn his attention to? Blimps. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. But what, man, engineering blimps or selling blimps? Wow. Dishing out blimp rides. He Throwing people <laughs> off a of blimp. Throwing people off blimps. Kind no. Uh, say blimp again. He, uh, <laughs> he started a blimp business. Great word to say. Uh, Perlman persuaded German businessman Theodore Wolkemper to train him on blimps and subsequently spent some time at their facilities in Germany learning about the airships. Returning to the United States, he formed Airship Enterprises Limited, which leased a blimp to an American clothing company, Jordash, Jordashi? Jordash? Jordash. Jordash. Mm-hmm. Before actually owning one. He used the funds from this to construct a blimp for his own new business, but something goes wrong. What do you think goes wrong? He doesn't know how to make a blimp. Kind of. <laughs> Oh, wow. What would be the worst thing that could happen to a blimp? It it crashed. Yes. Yeah. So the blimp crashed. Perlman constructed this blimp. Um, and it says in the thing that I was reading, which promptly cr- promptly crashed. <laughs> like, promptly it, it, crashed. It didn't hang around. This is I feel bad for this guy. Um, Hold that thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean. um, then the two parties sued each other. And seven years later, Perlman was awarded 2.5 million in damages. On the advice of a friend, Perlman started a new company. And I feel like this is a bad friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're good at trashing stuff. Do that again. Like, this friend would not tell you if you had Hot lipstick on your teeth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go on, that one will work. So he starts this new company, Airship International. He took it public to raise the three million he needed to purchase a blimp, claiming falsely that he had a partnership with Wolkemper, the German people that trained him. Uh, well, quote unquote trained him. He leased the blimp to McDonald's for advertising. Uh, he then relocated the Airship International to Orlando, Florida, signed MetLife and SeaWorld as clients for the blimps, and then more trouble. What do you think went wrong this time? He signed Battery Boys. <laughs> We're getting to that. <laughs> I just got to give you some background for the rest of it to make sense when it happens later. Did he just fall out of Accidentally made them in the wrong shape. <laughs> kind of. Triangle um, blimp. 
basically... <laughs> the one that just went straight up. Yeah, rocket blimp. There were more blimp crashes. There were more um, blimp. Plural. This so. is why you should never make your hobby a job. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I just don't think he's very good at this. No. You don't feel bad for him? I feel bad for this little only child like Garfunkel for- cousin. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> um, the company stock, which had once been $6 a share, dropped to $0.03 cents a share and the company was shut down. Or was it? Cut to music. It was around this time that Palman was captivated by the success of a band that stole the light in the 80s and 90s, New Kids on the Block. I mean... He was captivated, <laughs> but also he had to get the hell out of aviation. <laughs> um, I mean, the, you are right to refill my glass at the mention of <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Kids on the block. I was, <laughs> Shit's got real. I'm a fan. I was the only one who liked Jordan. Everybody picked everybody else. I picked ah. Jordan. And I bet he's aged better than the other ones. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm kind of proud that I don't remember any individuals from any of these bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only boy band I ever had New anything. Kids on the block. And I felt bullied into it. But there was a part oh. of me that's like, thanks for bullying me into this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, my God. Oh, the yeah. right stuff. <laughs> she's doing moves. Yeah, <laughs> there's moves. She's got, she's got all the shapes. Pullman began searching for his own teen heartthrobs. He brought together the top male singers that he could find and started the Backstreet Boys. It's um, so mean he didn't ask Art. <laughs> you're gonna be kind of a father figure but you have great harmonies let's do this he actually hired as though some of the same people that had worked with new kids on the block and signing management duties to johnny wright and wife donna he worked everybody super hard success came in america with a huge hit um can anyone tell me the name of the song you are my fire, my one desire. What's so interesting about this is that, that it's only Katie and I not singing. <laughs> is, We've I had it absolutely shamed out of us as children. <laughs> Even in a just a yeah. harmony for a laugh there, we both yeah. were like, oh, I better just listen. <laughs> 
Well, the one we just um, beautifully uh, did was yeah. I Want It That Way. Yeah. Um, the song that was the big breakthrough hit in America, particularly, it was Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Oh. Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're miming. Just it's great for a podcast. Just humming and clicking. It's weird because that song was released earlier in Europe. Right. That was like in 96 in Germany and probably the UK, but it was 97's big hit in America. I think sort of re- it was very strange. Promen was trying it out. Yeah, it yeah. was all, yeah. But they it, they sold album sales of um, 14 million copies. Wow. Um, after that one came out. So um, Perlman repeated the formula with NSYNC. He proceeded to build his transcontinental entertainment empire based in Orlando, Florida, containing a string of boy band type acts. O-Town, LFO. Oh, I loved O-Town. Did you? Big time. Nobody really had heard <laughs> of them. Never heard of them. Still haven't. Yeah. One of them had like a white man with dreads. That's all I remember. Oh, wow. <laughs> and is... on the Isle of Wight, I was like, what is this? This is incredible. <laughs> Who is this cultural Yeah. LFO, Aaron Carter. Yes. Jordan Knight. Loved Aaron Carter. That was... Um, Jordan was from brother. brothers with... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, take five and take five I know that what as in like have a break have a break but only a five minute break have a break don't listen to this have a break have a little break from music um, there was one girl group called Innocence oh, oh god. of course but like, I'm offended okay but, fuck but, you Pearlman wait, I liked you until in, now yeah, and I was the you, only Pearlman. one in the room Innocence <laughs> um, I bet it's still Innocence oh. is spelt wrong if it's any consolation. Oh, it's worse, worse. worse. It's spelt with a Z. How's it spelt? It's spelt with an S instead of a C. And it's also, it mm. briefly included a pre-fame, can you guess who? Britney Spears. Yes. Oh, Whoa. Yeah. Wow. She, was, she was in it for like wow. two seconds though. While we've gone sour on Perlman and we're disliking him, probably a good time to bring this up. We obviously were about to uncover some money crimes, but it would be remiss to not mention the accusations of sex crimes. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get them out there well, now. Okay. Let's shake those out. Exactly. Not so innocent. I always feel bad for these guys first what? and then I do. Oh, I, I have and I... Uh, yeah, you have good empathy. Um, <laughs> Lou Perlman had a nickname that he liked his boy bands to call him. Oh, what do you? God. What do you think was the nickname? Sex Pred. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of band I would have listened to. Actually, um, that was more my my genre. Um, would you like a look at my penis? <laughs> <laughs> Very long nickname. <laughs> I've always liked a long nickname. <laughs> um, I imagine it's like horrible, like yeah. daddy or something. Mm. Oh, Hannah, nearly spot on. Big Popper. Oh. Oh. It's so creepy. Oh. And there were certain other allegations along this nature that we do not have time for now. So, Perlman worked his bands pretty hard. Backstreet Boys uh, member Brian Literal, in fact, postponed o- open heart surgery twice to meet touring obligations. <gasps> What oh. was he and Brian? He's in the Backstreet Boys. Whoa! And he's the one you don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he's wow. the one that... Wow. Yeah. Because they were on tour. Um, so, like, in November 97, doctors discovered that a congenital hole in Literal's heart had enlarged to dangerous proportions. He finally underwent the surgery on May 8th, 1998, in the oh middle of the Backstreet Boys tour, and the group eventually postponed the tour until July 1998 to give Literal some time to recover. Um, that was good of them, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can have two months. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's this crazy. is all so much worse than stealing their funds. <laughs> Returning to the original question. Well, yeah. So they're, they're working really hard and they eventually notice that they weren't being paid properly. Um, some of the stuff I read or actually watched on YouTube, it's so weird that I could just watch YouTube videos to research this, was that they were still basically being paid in per DMs. So they were getting like $35 <gasps> a day no. to like live on. The Backstreet Boys are. Yeah. And like they're making Whoa. millions. They've got like gold and platinum albums. They're working every second. They must have been knackered just from the dancing alone um Whoa. and um basically from 93 to 97 Perlman and his company took about 10 million in revenue <gasps> with the band only getting 300,000 between them wow Whoa. that's like you with the 20 all over again yeah <laughs> it's just not enough <laughs> uh and so also Lou, Lou Perlman had done this thing where he collected as both manager and producer mm. And he also paid himself as a sixth member of the Backstreet Boys as well. They're comedy agents. <laughs> I know. I know. I was just going to out somebody and then yeah. I didn't. There are several comedy agents. Yeah. Do you it's know that grey area. I would say, Lou, fine, <laughs> pay yourself as an extra Backstreet Boys if you yeah. are doing all the dance moves just well, off yeah. stage. Just off yeah. stage. You have to be yeah. like, as hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So one of the members has had enough and gets lawyers involved. Which member do you think it was that started all this? Is it the one with a giant hole in his heart? Yes. I hope it is. Yes. Oh, it is. to that. <laughs> takes a uh, see-through heart. To, to put, put, <laughs> finally put your foot down. Yeah. yeah, so Brian Literal. I got a hole in my heart. He um, put it on hold for you. Oh, gonna sue you now because you're an abuse papa. And that went platinum. Never released. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been. So he hired a lawyer to determine why the group had received only $300,000 for all of their work while Perlman and his record company had made millions. In the following year, the members McLean, Richardson and Dora joined the lawsuit and eventually it resulted in a number of settlements. Fellow boy band NSYNC was having similar issues with Perlman and its members soon followed suit. And then all of the other bands basically started lawsuits and started feeling their contracts were unfair as well. Um, in fact, with the exception of US5... <laughs> you can tell they were phoning it in by the naming ceremony for them all of the musical acts who worked with Perlman sued him in federal court for misrepresentation and fraud at the age of 14 pop star Aaron Carter filed a lawsuit in 2002 yeah, um, 14 <laughs> 1-4 like, yeah. 14 crazy Crumbs little party uh, <laughs> that accused Perlman and transcontinental records of cheating him out of hundreds of thousands of dollars and of racketeering um in a deliberate a pattern know of that criminal activity <laughs> no but i think it was all snowballing <laughs> do you think these bands and singers won their cases against lou perlman i bet they signed a contract didn't they and they just didn't read it well that they're getting out of it yes you think they won I think yeah. they got some settlements. I think they, yeah, they'd have settled out of court. Um, yeah, excellent guesses. All of the cases were either won by those bringing them or settled out of court. Uh, some of them went on a bit and sometimes there are a few different cases at once. So it's all kind of dragged on a bit. But the Backstreet Boys sued, settled and split with Perlman in 1998. But by the time NSYNC was settling one of their own charges by 2006, Perlman's legal troubles were growing bigger than his boy bands. Uh, because stealing from them was only half of what he was doing. Oh my God. What else do you think he was doing? I've kind of said it at the beginning. Blimping. <laughs> kind of. Crashing blimps. <laughs> um, it kind of is linked to those resting companies. 
basically a ponzi yes um so he's been doing this ponzi scheme the whole time so he's just a total con artist so over 20 years like i said i feel bad for this guy uh was convincing banks and individuals to invest in fictitious companies um perlman used the bands to get more investors so when um backstreet boys and nsync proved to be a worldwide phenomenon investors would be brought backstage to meet these famous bands and were eager to share in their wealth and everything and it looked super it was all obviously the the success of nsync and the backstreet boys was real but then the companies that people were investing their life savings in were not in a way like we joke about like not feeling sorry for him but in a way like hats off to lou (laughs) for having the ovaries (laughs) to do something that audacious I mean that is you've really made it it's a lot of of work to be yeah Yeah, make that web I'm tired I feel tired yeah it's exhausting just hearing it he's juggling yeah yeah he's he's really he's just a man that can have it all isn't he (laughs) (laughs) just a really good multitasker yeah for 20 years he was this con artist encouraging investors to invest in transcontinental airlines and travel services um, these were the fictitious companies that existed only on paper. In order to make his schemes appear legitimate to investors, Perlman also created a fake German bank and a fake Florida <laughs> accounting firm. <laughs> In God, I was just thinking of fake German bank account. <laughs> Wunderbar accounts. <laughs> <laughs> In 2007, Perlman came under investigation um, and then he just kind of does the whole Father Ted thing and says the money was just resting in my account. (laughs) Classic. And um, he originally told Florida state officials that the money was invested into a company called German Savings. It's not even as good as your one. At least yours sounded wonderful. Um, (laughs) Unable to locate such a company, Florida state officials began searching the accounting firm that prepared Perlman's financial statements. Stop checking the as someone believing there could be a savings bank called German Savings, like it's actually pretty weak. On the, on, yeah. on the kind of, it's like it, it's like the, the the alleged Russian spies who like it's like just a bit of over explanation with the old like we came to Salisbury Cathedral because there were 123 mm-hmm. steps up to a beautiful vista. And the, <laughs> it just sounds like that, isn't it? What's your German Savings account called? It's like you've asked a three-year-old, what's your baby called? Baby, it's <laughs> your yeah. German savings account called German Savings. It's like he's so devious, but so lacking in imagination. Yeah. It's a, it's actually probably part of his failure. Yeah. So officials traced the records to two addresses. The first address was in South Florida, where no such firm existed. The second location shared the same address as the fictitious German Savings Company. Uh, in Germany, this address was tied to a remote answering service that was paid for by the investors. How much do you think Palman owed his investors at this point in 2007? $250 million. $96 million. Oh, Oh. it doesn't seem that bad now, Tyler. (laughs) That's what I'm Um, here for. Hyperbole. How much do you think he had in the bank? (laughs) £500. Oh, not bad. $15,000. Ooh. Well, um, doing better than I am. The, uh, <laughs> the investigation found that Perlman's records neglected to show uh, that more than 38 million he had withdrawn from himself and his companies. Um, so how do you think Perlman reacted to being investigated? Shocked. Okay. <gasps> but I'm Lou Perlman. I'm from Flushing. What do you think he did the once they started closing Perlman's. in? Ran? Yes. Uh, he did a runner. 
Uh, while under scrutiny, Perlman fled the United States, claiming to be in Germany on tour with his latest band. <laughs> <laughs> the German band. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And then Palmer was arrested in Indonesia on June 14th, 2007, after being spotted by a German tourist couple. <laughs> wow. So it all dovetailed. Oh, that's Beautiful. great. Uh, specifically, he was charged with three counts of bank fraud, one count of mail fraud, and one count of wi wire fraud. I nearly said wine fraud. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting to the end of the case. It's fine. It's like non-alcoholic um, wine. It's like wine fraud. <laughs> Palmer was sentenced to 25 years in prison on charges of conspiracy, money laundering, and making false statements during a bankruptcy proceeding. He died in federal custody in 2016. I would like to end this... Um, case by quoting NSYNC's Lance Bass. Pronounced <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bass, actually, guys. Is it Bass? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really know. But as a uh, as a sinky, I um... <laughs> <laughs> he said, the sad thing is, Luke could have had it all. He could have had the he could have been the new Motown in Orlando. But that's where greed comes in. He was just a really greedy person. It is. Whoa. It's a greed story, isn't I it? I love wow. the way that you just drop the story. <laughs> Mic drop. He's just a really greedy person. Slam. It's profound. <laughs> it was profound. Can't top that. Lou Perlman, what a prick. <laughs> you um, are my fire, my one. I'm still not singing. That was an amazing story, Katie. Thank you very much. Sweet. I love American history. We have got a listener crime now um, from a reviewer, Yozitsi. I'm so sorry if I didn't pronounce that right. Yozitsi. Sorry if we said your fake name wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that is an iTunes okay. name, isn't it? Just <laughs> This is an amazing crime that we have to solve you guys, right? Okay. Please, right, so she says, please, I'm assuming it's a she, but it probably is. Please use your amazing drunken crime-solving talents to help my poor mum. For a while now, we've had a feud with our elderly next-door neighbour. He's always been a bit of a creep, looking over the fence at us or making pervy comments at the Christmas party. But he upped the feud last year when we finally caught him stealing part of our garden. He was moving the fence over a few weeks and taking our land. <laughs> wow. And also, why are they having Christmas party with, with him? Anyway. If, it was just called The Christmas Party. So you yeah. to know. Like, Everybody the neighbors, yeah. yeah. Eventually, the fight got so bad that it ended with my mum and him shouting at each other over the fence. Then last week, our pear tree disappeared. Someone dug it up out of the ground and took it with no evidence left or signs as to where it had gone. I think it's the neighbour, but he's so old and short that I don't think he'd be able to climb the fence with a pear tree on his back. <laughs> I tried to climb into, <laughs> into yeah. I tried to climb into his garden to see if I could find it, but he has CCTV, and I have no doubt if he caught me, he'd report me. Please help if. Such he a would... creepy man. I, I mean, you're allowed to have CCTV, but not if you're going to be that guy. No, please help. If he would take the tree, I'm pretty sure he'll start on something else like the garden gnomes or our cat. Thank you. P.S. I love the show. <laughs> oh, thank you, Yuzitsi. No. Well, I think okay, we need to a... get, I think straight up, get out of his garden, mate. Stay, well, yeah. Don't start no. clambering up in there. So yeah. Cameras or not. Like, no that, more of that. It's all a little bit eye for eye. We, and you're not going to find anything out. He's not going to have. I, he sounds like not he's gonna... clever enough not to steal a pear tree and immediately replant it at the other side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be sneakier than that. Yeah, it's a hundred percent him. 
I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I can't like if you can smell pears cooking, <laughs> yeah, around his house. I kind of just want to kill him. Oh, wow. I know. I've reacted really strongly to this. Have you? Somebody yeah. lives in the country. Wow. <laughs> just like that's outrageous. That's my pear tree. That's my child. <laughs> yeah. But like, this reminded me of what? once I was driving along um, with my um, half brother and sister in the back of the car and she was six, my sister Amy, and she was very naughty. And we were taking my granddad some pears and um, they were like that posh four pack of pears with like the plastic on the top. Yeah. And then um, what she'd done is she'd bored her finger through the cardboard underneath <laughs> and into each pear, destroying <laughs> it, but in a way that you couldn't see from wow. above. And the only reason she was caught before we handed these pears over to my granddad was because in a, in a gap between tracks on the song, she couldn't help herself, we overheard her saying to her brother, James, James, can you smell pears? <laughs> what a legend. Oh, oh we can only assume it was 16 her. now, yeah. I think if this, oh. your neighbour might have an accomplice called Amy Foster Q. <laughs> I am concerned about what she says about the escalation, though, and if he gets away with that, he's going to go after the cat. Because that's what these um, these criminals do. Yeah, she says she's worried about the gnomes and the cat. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I, I was mean, worried I about the she gnomes. She probably just relax really about gnomes compared to cats. Well, yes. I mean, get some perspective. <laughs> <laughs> says the lady who wants to kill a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> For potentially having yeah, hired for, because a, it's a younger, taller, fitter friend to dig up a tree. <laughs> and a short man stole my pear tree. <laughs> Christmas! No, not Christmas! I know, post-Christmas. Yes. Plant another kind of tree where, the I know, grieve for the pear tree, but plant a new tree. Yeah. Yeah. Cherry tree. With maybe. CCTV everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Get cameras. Nature. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and being fantastic. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed myself. Hooray. Um, would you like Also to- not sarcastic. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know how much I've helped, but I'm very happy to have been here i think you've been a huge help <laughs> is there anything you would like to plug i've got a podcast as well Hooray! it's all about eating when nothing gets solved it's called hoovering <laughs> um yeah that and I've hunger got gets solved hunger gets solved over and over again um yeah list please may listen to hoovering also i'm doing a new show and i'm doing lots of previews Yay! i think i might call it hench i'm not sure Uh, but I'm at the Leicester Comedy Festival in February and I'm at the Vaults Festival in London in March and all of those are it's just a fiver can you come to the previews so that thanks what's the thinking behind Hench? it's all about strength I think that I um, a man who I believe to have been flirting yeah. called me hench in a gym. Right. And I think it's one of the most fascinating compliments that I still can't take as a feminist. Oh. <laughs> I, I was absolutely in there to get hench, but <laughs> someone saying, for you look hench, was like, oh, thank you. Why am I crying? <laughs> Another alternative title for I the show. I was <laughs> Thank you, why am I crying? That's awesome. I love it. Thank you for joining us, Jess Fosterkew. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Bye!
joining us this... <laughs> Alright, I'm going to do it again. I was just to get everyone all excited and happy and get the right atmosphere going. Katie's <laughs> intros are... 100% keeping that. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.